0: Welcome to Line B, Use Tools and Equipment by Camosun College. Used under CC by. The Trade's Access Common Core resources are licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution 4.0. The materials in these learning guides are for use by students and instructional staff and have been compiled from sources believed to be reliable and to represent best current knowledge on these subjects. These audio resources are intended to serve as a starting point for good practices and may not specify all minimum legal standards. No warranty, guarantee, or representation is made by the BC Piping Trades Articulation Committee, the British Columbia Industry Training Authority, BC Campus, or the Queen's Printer of British Columbia as to the accuracy or sufficiency of the information contained in these publications. These audio resources are intended to provide basic guidelines for piping trades practices. Do not assume, therefore, that all necessary warnings and safety precautionary measures are contained in this publication and that other or additional measures may not be required. To learn more about BC Campus Open Education, visit www.open.bccampus.ca.
1: Use Portable Power Tools and Use Stationary Power Tools Section 4 Use Stationary Power Tools Stationary Grinding Tools Before starting a grinder check the condition of the grinding wheel place an object on the tool rest so that it just touches the face of the wheel then turn the wheel by hand the wheel should just contact the object at all times as it makes a full turn if not the wheel is out of round out of round wheels cause the workpiece to vibrate during grinding check the condition of the face of the grinding wheel if it shows excess signs of metal particles It will need to be cleaned. Grinding wheels with a surface embedded with metal as in figure one tend to generate heat rather than to grind. To remedy out of round or dirty wheels use a wheel dresser on the face of the stone. Where the grinder design permits the tool rest must be backed away from the grinding wheel enough to allow the dresser to hook over the front edge of the tool rest. While the grinder is running, the handle of the dresser is raised until the sectional washers touch the wheel's face and the dresser is moved across the width of the grinding wheel. Turn off the grinder. When the grinding wheels have stopped turning, check the entire face for metal particles or out of round. Repeat dressing as necessary. Remember to reposition the tool rest no further than 3 mm or 1 8 inch from the wheel after dressing. When you are using a stationary grinder, you should rest the workpiece on the tool rest and apply enough pressure against the wheel so that grinding or brushing takes place. Avoid applying so much pressure that you cause a noticeable reduction in the motor's rotation speed. Tools such as drill bits, screwdriver tips, and cold chisels occasionally require grinding to improve their performance. You should grip such tools close to the area being ground so that you can feel any buildup of heat. If heated to the point of showing color, yellow, purple, or blue, the hardness of the tool will be affected. To prevent overheating, make sure the grinding wheel is clean and dip the workpiece in water frequently to cool it. The right wheel for the job. Selection of the correct grinding wheel not only depends on the abrasive type, grain size, bonding material, grade, structure, size and shape, but also on the grinding machine, the material to be ground, and the nature of the operation. Medium grain wheels, 30 to 60 grit, are often chosen when only one metal removing or sharpening operation is desired and the resulting surface finish is acceptable. Wheels having coarse grains, for example below 30 grit, work best with softer materials where material can be removed rapidly. Many bench grinders will have one wheel with 30 grit and the other with 60 grit. Grinding cold chisels. The two areas on a cold chisel that may require grinding are the cutting edge and the end that is struck by the hammer. Flat chisels should have a cutting edge ground to an included angle of approximately 60 and should have a slight curve on the width. The struck end should have all signs of mushrooming removed. When using the grinding wheel, the chisel should be held at the desired angle and moved across the face of the wheel. Grind one side and then the other to form a sharp edge. The pressure applied to the chisel against the wheel should not be great enough to overheat the chisel end and draw or remove the temper. If the temperature of the chisel end rises to a point where the metal turns blue, the temper has been lost and the end softened so that it will no longer stand up to normal use. Frequently dip the chisel end in water when grinding to keep the metal cool and to prevent overheating. Sharpening a twist drill Before you sharpen a twist drill, check the dull bit with your grinding gauge to ensure that the cutting lips are at 59 degrees and that it has a 12 lip clearance. If it has the proper angles, these can act as a guide when you sharpen the drill tip. If the angles are not correct, you will know which areas require more grinding. Place the twist drill so that the cutting lip to be ground is facing up and its cutting edge is level. Move the shank to your left until the axis of the drill is at 59 to the surface of the grindstone. If the drill has a correct lipped angle, the cutting edge will be exactly parallel to the surface of the stone. Rotate the shank of the drill while sharpening so the axis of the drill forms an angle of 12 degrees to the horizontal. Begin sharpening the cutting lip of the drill, continuing to lower the shank end of the drill bit as the grinding proceeds. You may wish to practice this motion several times with the grinder turned off. When this dry run feels right to you, rotate the drill one half turn and see if you can repeat the required angle and motions. When doing the actual sharpening, always start the grinding at the cutting edge and tilt the bit so that you finish at the heel. Try not to remove any more metal than is required to achieve a sharp cutting lip. Check the length of each cutting lip, often to maintain equal lengths. If both cutting lips are at the same angle, 59, and the same length, the point of the bit will be centered. If the point is not centered properly, it is because one or both of these conditions has not been met. You must be careful not to overheat the drill bit during the grinding operation. Dip the end of the twist drill in cold water frequently to prevent excessive heat buildup. Never allow the surface of the drill to get so hot that it turns blue from the heat. The temper or hardness of the metal will be destroyed and the drill will no longer remain sharp during use. Safety with stationary grinders There are some rules that must be observed when using stationary grinders. Always wear a face shield. Wear leather gloves and protective clothing. Always use hearing protection. Use both hands to control the work. Ensure that the RPM rating of the wheel will not be exceeded. Ensure that the wheel is suitable for the type of material. Never reverse a wire wheel as the wires in the wheel will have taken a set. When cleaning small parts, hold them with pliers, never with your hands. Ensure that the wheel has not been damaged. Ensure that all guards are in place. Ensure that the tool rest is properly adjusted. Always stand to one side when starting the grinder. Remove flammable materials from the work area. Have people not involved in the grinding operation leave the area. The side of a grinding wheel because it caused a narrowing of the disc, possibly causing it to fly apart. Be sure all grinding wheel safety devices such as wheel guards, spark deflectors, eye shields, and tool rests are installed and properly adjusted before operating a grinder. Stationary threading and grooving tools. In this section, you will learn safe procedures for cutting, reaming, threading, and grooving using various styles of power vices and cutting machines. Safety precautions for operating a power vise. Number 1. Know the machine. In the information in this guide and the operator's manual, find out what the vice will do and how to operate it to accomplish that work. Know, as well, the limitations of the machine. 2. Avoid accidental starting. Make sure that the machine's reverse-off-forward switch is in the off position and that the foot switch will operate freely. These checks must be made before the machine is connected to a power source. Number 3. Ground the machine. The machine should be grounded while in use to protect the operator from electric shock. The machine is equipped with an approved 3 conductor cord and 3 prong grounding type plug to fit the proper grounding type receptacle. The green or yellow conductor in the cord is the grounding wire. Never connect this wire to a live terminal. If the unit is for use on less than 150 volts, it has a 115 volt plug. If it is for use on 150 to 250 volts. It has a 230 volt plug. Number four, use only three wire extension cords that have three prong grounding type plugs and three hole receptacles that accept the machine's plug. Replace or repair damaged or worn cords immediately. When the machine is used outdoors, use only those extension cords that are suitable for use outdoors and are so marked. Five, remove tools from the machine. Form the habit of checking to see that the machine is clear of adjusting wrenches and other tools before starting. 6. Support the work. Support long, heavy work with a floor pipe support. 7. Secure the machine. Make sure that the machine is stable. A power drive must be bolted to the floor when used with a universal drive shaft. 8. Do not reach across the machine. Operate the machine from the switch side only. Keep proper footing and balance. Be sure your foot can be removed safely from the foot switch at all times. Do not reach across the machine and keep clothing, hands, and tools away from moving parts. 9. Maintain the machine in top condition. Use sharp cutting tools and keep the machine clean for best and safest performance. Follow lubricating instructions. 10. Work in a safe environment. Do not use the machine in damp or wet locations. Do not expose the machine to rain. Keep work area well illuminated. Allow sufficient space to operate machine and accessories properly and for others to pass safely. Keep the power cord away from heat, oil, and sharp edges. Make sure that hand tools that are not being used are not in any way obstructing machine operation. 11. Disconnect the power cord when adjusting, servicing, or changing accessories. Disconnect the power cord. The cord should be in top condition and examined at regular intervals. Safety precautions for operating Model 700 Portable Power Drive. Follow the safety procedures for operating power vise modifications. Number one, check the off switch. Before plugging in the power cord, push down on the switch button a couple of times to make sure that the switch button spring returns the switch to the off position. A safety feature of this machine is that the power drive automatically stops when the operator lets go of the switch button on the handle of the machine. 2. Use the proper accessories. The support arm assures safe operation when using this machine with drop head threaders in any position. The Model 700 power drive may also be used with the geared pipe threader. In that case, the power drive is not used with a support arm. Cutting pipe using power tools. In this section, you will learn safe procedures for cutting pipe using different stationary power tools. Inserting pipe in a power vise or threader. The following general procedure describes inserting pipe into power vices or threading machines. 1. Mark and measure the length of pipe being worked. Two, if pipe is long enough to be retained by the centering device, insert the pipe through the front or rear of the machine. If the pipe is short, insert it from the front of the machine. Three, make certain that the pipe is centered in the centering device, if used, and tighten the device. Four, tighten the chuck jaws with a repetitive counterclockwise snap spin of the hand wheel. This hammering action tightens the jaws on the pipe A clockwise rotation snap spin releases the jaws. Cutting pipe with a hand cutter using a power vise. The following general procedure describes cutting pipe using a hand cutter and power vise. 1. Measure, mark and secure the pipe in the power drive. 2. Engage the pipe with the pipe cutter and align the cutter wheel with the mark on the pipe. 3. Rest the pipe cutter frame on the support bar which is located on the switch side of the machine. Tighten the feed screw handle. 4. With the power cord plugged in, turn the main switch to the forward position. 5. Place foot under the foot switch to operate the machine. 6. Continuously tighten the feed screw handle until the pipe is cut and completed. 7. Release foot switch. Figure 8 shows hand cutters that can be used with power drives. The heavy duty wide roll pipe cutter is especially suited for power drive use as the wide rolls keep the cutter from wobbling. Accessories for cutting, reaming, threading and oiling can be mounted on the power vise to convert it into a power threader. Below is a standard power vise with cutting, reaming and threading attachments installed. On this unit, oiling must be done manually. Cutting pipe with a power vice cutter. Assume the correct operating position for cutting, threading, and reaming. Stand on the switch side of the power vice, straddling the nearest tripod leg. The left foot operates the foot switch. 1. Measure the pipe and mark the place where the cut is to be made. 2. Swing the reamer and threader out of the way. 3. Move the pipe cutter down onto the pipe. 4 use the carriage lever to move the carriage to the point where the cutter wheel lines up with the mark you have made on the pipe. Five. Tighten the cutter feed screw handle until the cutter wheels are snug against the pipe. Six. With the main switch still in the forward position, step on the foot switch. Seven. Using both hands continuously turn the cutter feed screw handle until the pipe is cut off. Eight. Release the foot switch. Nine. Return the pipe cutter to its out-of-the-way position. Cutting procedure using a power threader. 1. Measure the pipe and mark the cutoff point. 2. Insert the pipe into the chuck. 3. with the reamer and die head in an out-of-the-way position. Bring the cutter down over the pipe and position it on the mark you have made. 4. Turn the cutter handle to cut. To use length gauge on machine carriage, place cutter wheel against end of stock and set pointer to zero. Raise to clear stock and turn carriage hand wheel until pointer is at length desired. Reaming pipe using power vices or threading machines. In this section, you will learn safe procedures for reaming using various styles of power vices and reaming tools. Reaming pipe using a power vise and hand threader. Follow the safety precautions for power vices outlined in safety precautions for operating a power Vice. 1. Check to see that the main switch is in the forward position. 2. Insert the reamer into the end of pipe and hold firmly onto handle and hand grip. 3. Step on foot switch and slowly push on reamer hand grip with right hand to ream pipe. 4. Release foot switch and remove reamer. The straight reamer is a safe hand tool for manual use with power vices. Power reamers are not safe. Reaming pipe with a power drive reamer or threading machine. Assume the correct operating position by standing on the switch side of the power drive, straddling the tripod leg. Use left foot to operate the foot switch. 1. Move the reamer arm down into the reaming position. 2. Extend the reamer by pressing the latch and slotting the knob toward the pipe until the latch engages the bar. Three, with the main switch in the forward position, step on the foot switch. Four, position reamer into pipe and complete reaming by pushing carriage lever. Exert pressure on the hand wheel for the same action on a power threader. Five, retract the reamer bar and return the reamer to out of way position. Six, release foot switch. Threading pipe using power vices or threading machines. A quick opening die head is the standard drive mounted threading accessory. Depending on the pipe size, different die sets are installed which determine the number of threads per inch. To install a die set. 1. Select the correct size of dies for the pipe size. The size is marked on either the back end or the face of the dies. 2. Lay the die head on a workbench with the numbers on the head facing up. 3. Flip the throw-out lever to the open position. 4. Loosen the clamp lever approximately 3 turns. 5. Lift the tongue of the locking lever washer up out of the slot under the size bar, then slide the sizing mark all the way to the end of the slot. 6. Insert the dies to the line marked on the side of the dies, numbered edge up. Note that the die numbers 1 through 4 must correspond with the numbers on the die head slots. 7. Slide the throw lever back so that the tongue of the clamp lever washer will drop into the slot under the size bar. To adjust the die head to the size desired. 1. For standard threads, adjust the size of the die head until the index line on the link lines up with the proper size mark on the size bar. 2. Tighten the clamp lever the thread pipe with quick opening die head 1 install the die set 2 swing the cutter and reamer in an out-of-the-way position 3 lower the die head into the threading position 4 apply thread cutting oil to the end of the pipe 5 ensure the main switch is in the forward position 6 step on the foot switch 7 engage the dies with the pipe using the carriage lever 8. Use plenty of thread-cutting oil until the thread is completed. The thread is completed when the end of the pipe is flush with the numbered end of the dies. 9. When the thread is completed, raise the throw lever to the open position. 10. Move the carriage lever away from the pipe end and return the die head to the up and out of the way position. Using a geared threader. In this section, you will learn safe procedures for using a geared threader to install the geared threader on a power vise. 1. Place the adjusted threader on the floor or on a workbench with the drive shaft up. 2. Install the drive bar on the drive shaft of the threader and tighten the two set screws. 3. Insert the drive bar into the chuck of the power vise. This will likely require the assistance of another person to pick up the threader and drive bar. 4. Tighten the jaws of the power vice chuck into the three V shaped notches in the head of the drive bar. Be sure to allow about 18 millimeters or 3 quarters inch of the drive bar to be exposed in front of the chuck jaws. This will provide space for oiling. 5. Close the rear centering device on the shaft of the drive bar. 6. Pull out the support bar on the switch side of the vice and secure it in the extended position. 7. Slip the gear case loop over the support bar and secure it in the hole provided on the threader with the set screw. To position the pipe in the threader 1. Set the sizing screws using the gauge plate 2. Insert the pipe in the threader and center the end of the pipe in the throat of the dies 3. Turn the work holder with a socket wrench to center the pipe and hold it in position 4. Tighten the clamp screw, securely locking the pipe in the work holder 5. Place the oiler directly under the threader. Long pieces of pipe must be supported by a pipe support, with the pipe free to rotate as it is threaded. To cut threads with a geared threader 1. After the geared threader and pipe are installed, put in the power cord 2. Turn the power drive switch to the forward position 3. Step on the foot switch 4. Flood die with thread-cutting oil during the threading operation to ensure the die's long life. 5. Release the foot switch when the red stop line appears in the pinion sleeve. The die head starts to press on the ring at the base of the pinion sleeve. 6. Turn the power drive switch to off. When motion stops, turn the switch to reverse and press the foot switch to unscrew the dies from the pipe. Loosen the set screw and the work holder from the pipe. Using nipple chucks. A nipple is a short piece of pipe, 300 millimeters or 12 inch or less in length, threaded on both ends. The size of a nipple is designated by its diameter and length. For example, a 13mm by 15 centimeter, half inch by 6 inch nipple, is made of 13mm pipe, 15cm long, half inch pipe, 6 inches long. A close nipple has threads along its entire length. The shoulder nipple has a short section of unthreaded pipe between the threads on each end. The nipple chuck is used to hold nipples or studs for threading when the nipple is too short that the jaws of the power vise would damage the threads. The nipple chuck is inserted into the jaws of a power vise or threader. The nipple chuck accommodates pipe sizes up to 5 centimeters or 2 inches. Adapters are used with 38 mm or inch and a half pipe and the smaller sizes according to the size of pipe. The nipple chuck provides a means of holding a nipple with threads on one end while cutting, reaming and threading the other end. It also provides an easy release so that the nipple can be removed without overcoming the binding torque applied while threading. Procedure for short or close nipple threading with power threading machine. 1. Ream and thread one end of the pipe in the usual manner. Cut off the end to be desired length of the nipple. Two, install the nipple chuck in the power vise so that the jaws fit into the grooves of the nipple chuck. Three, position the insert. For pipes 3mm to 19 millimeters, 8 inch to 3 quarter inches, the small end of the insert should face the adapter. For 25 millimeter, one inch pipe size, the large end should face the adapter. No insert is required for pipe sizes of 32 millimeters or inch and a quarter or larger. Four, select the proper adapter and screw it into the nipple chuck. Five, thread on one end into the adapter by hand. Six, ream and thread the unthreaded end of the nipple. Seven, to release the nipple, insert the pin on the end of the wrench into one of the holes on the release collar. Turn the wrench approximately one quarter turn in the direction indicated by the arrow to release. The nipple may be removed by hand. Using grooving attachments. The roll groover forms grooves in standard pipe so that the pipe can be joined by mechanical couplings. Groove pipe and fittings form a strong leak-resistant conveyor for hot and cold fluids. They are easy to install and service and handle expansion and contraction without stress. They are ideal for use in heating and cooling systems, as well as in fire standpipe, sprinkler, and storm and roof drainage systems. A grooving operation produces results similar to a threading operation. Like threading equipment, grooves can be cut with hand tools having ratchet handles or with groove cutters or groove rollers driven by a power drive. With some grooving equipment, the pipe remains stationary during the cutting process. With other equipment, the pipe rotates between the rolls. The Model 925 Roll Groover may be mounted on a stand designed for the machine or can be attached to a bench. A support stand is used to hold pipe longer than 1 meter or 3 feet. For safety reasons, the Roll Groover should not be operated at a speed faster than 36 RPM. And if it is mounted on a stand, the stand should be firmly anchored to the floor. The machine should be grounded and secured tightly to the power drive. Preparing pipe for grooving. The following procedure is for a grooving pipe with a maximum diameter of 15 centimeters or 6 inches. It is assumed that the proper stop, grooving roll, and driving roll are already installed on the machine. 1. Ensure that the pipe is cut to the correct length and the ends are square cut. 2. Ensure that both the internal and external surfaces of the pipe are smooth and uniform from the end to at least 50 millimeters or 2 inches. Back, any internal or external weld beads or seams in this section must be ground down until they are flush with the pipe wall. 3. Remove burrs, coarse scale, rust, and any other irregularities on the surface of the pipe with a reamer, a file, a grinder, a sander, or a wire brush. Do not create flat areas or recesses on the gasket seating surface. Operating the 925 roll Groover. One, ensure that a pipe length longer than one meter or three feet is supported with a pipe stand. The pipe stand with rollers to hold the pipe level, allow it to rotate and prevent lateral movement at a distance three quarters of the pipe length away from the driving roll flange. Pipe longer than 6.5 meters or 21 feet should be supported by two stands. 2. Place the pipe and on the driving roll against the flange. 3. Adjust the pipe and support stand so that it comes in contact with the roll flange on one side only. To do this, face the groover and move the support stand holding the pipe to the right until the axis of the pipe is one half degree off the axis of the driving roll. For example, 10 feet from the groover, the pipe should be 25 millimeters or 1 inch to the right of center. 4. Turn the hand wheel clockwise to bring the grooving roll in contact with the pipe. 5. Turn the feed screw for grooving depth down against the upper roll housing. 6. Back off the feed screw by a number of marks required to obtain the proper groove depth for the pipe size. For example, an 8 centimeter or 3 inch pipe groove should be 2 millimeters or 0.078 inches deep this is about eight hundredths of an inch back off the feed screw eight marks the manufacturer's manual for operators contains a chart specifying nominal groove depths for pipe sizes each mark on the 925s feed screw represents approximately 0.03 millimeters or 0.01 inches seven tighten the adjusting screw against the feed screw Make sure the feed screw does not move. 8. Plug the power cord of the power vise into an electrical receptacle. 9. Turn the main switch of the power vise to the forward position. 10. Rotate the pipe slowly by jogging the foot switch. This will enable you to keep the pipe on the driving roll and against the flange. During the grooving operation, it is very important to keep the pipe against the flange of the driving roll. Serious injury could result if the pipe becomes disengaged from the drive shaft. 11. The pipe moves away from the flange, turn the vice switch to the off position and back off the grooving roll using the hand wheel. Reposition the pipe and again use the hand wheel to engage the grooving roll with the pipe, then repeat steps 9 and 10. 12. Continuously feed the grooving roll into the rotating pipe by turning the hand wheel clockwise. 13. When the stop nut bottoms against the bearing cap, allow the pipe to make two complete revolutions before releasing the foot switch. 14. Disengage the pipe and measure the diameter of the pipe groove using an outside micrometer or pie tape. Two readings 90 degrees apart should equal the required groove diameter. A mechanical coupling without the seal should just bottom when held completely closed in the groove. 15. If the groove is not to specifications, adjust the stop nut accordingly and continue grooving until you obtain the correct groove diameter. Using a drill press. A drill bit turning in a piece of metal exerts significant torque, which tends to cause the work to rotate. The twisting action increases when the drill bit breaks through the underside of the piece being drilled. A piece of work spinning on the end of a drill can cause serious bodily injury, break the drill bit, or spoil the work. Clamping the work or mounting it to prevent twisting avoids this hazard. A machine vise can be used for holding smaller items. Large pieces should be secured with C-clamps. Speed and Feed The speed in any drilling operation is determined by the kind of material and the size of the hole. The smaller the drill bit, the greater the required speed in RPM. The speed should also be higher for soft materials than for hard materials. On most drill presses it is difficult to obtain the exact recommended speed but you can come close by adjusting the drive belt on the step cone pulleys. You will find instructions on adjusting the pulleys in the manufacturer's manual or else ask your instructor to demonstrate this procedure. There is usually a chart in the manual or on a tag affixed to the machine that gives the various speed ratios for your particular drill press. Feed is the amount of pressure you apply to control penetration. Too much pressure will force the tool beyond its cutting capacity and can result in rough cuts and jammed or broken bits. Too light a feed, particularly with metals or other hard materials, will cause overheating of the bit and burning of the cutting edge. The best results will be obtained by matching the correct speed with a steady feed pressure that lets the bits cut easily at an even rate. Safe Use of the Drill Press Before proceeding with any drill press operation, you should understand the following safety precautions. Never attempt to hold the work by hand. Use a vise or clamp to prevent the work from spinning. Use a face shield to protect yourself from flying chips. Never set speeds or adjust the work unless the machine is stopped. Keep away from revolving parts of a drill press to prevent your clothing from being caught. As the drill begins to break through the work, ease up on the drilling pressure and allow the drill to break through gradually. Always remove burrs from a drilled hole with a file or scraper, not with your hands. Never leave a chuck key in the drill chuck. Never attempt to grab work while the drill is still in motion. Stop the machine first. Always position the table or the vise so that the drill bit will not damage either of them as it penetrates through the work. Before you start to drill, check the speed settings.